years ago this week uh, through the uh, Mountain West States and um, the historic sit and ski tour. So last week we did uh, my picks. Uh, this week we'll do Jeff's picks and uh, you know, we'll, we'll let you guys decide who did better, but I know, I think I have my opinion. Um, but before we get to the music, Jeff, uh, what's new this week for you? Um, I have a podcast for everybody, actually. Um, and I thought you were, were going to say like I have a podcast that you're hosting. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I know. Um, <clears throat> I will recommend a podcast. Called, it's the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast with Gary Parish and Matt Norlander, and. Um, it is the heart of college basketball season. It's hard to believe we're less than two months away from the tournament already at this point. Um, it's been an interesting season so far. A lot of parody, no great teams. Your cats, you know, will be in the mix because there's no, my Badgers are terrible. My Hoosiers are terrible. So, um, but Gary, is, if you don't read him on CBS Sports Line, or you see him on CBS Sports Network. He also does a drive time radio show here in Memphis, and he's he's very good at his job, and I think, and what he does. And it, the college basketball podcast is very good. It's usually pretty short. They talk about a lot of uh, they talk about the teams. They talk about some of the controversies and things that are going on. Um, but it's a very good podcast, and if you love college basketball like we do, um, highly recommend it. I think it'll be well worth your while. And then he also has a good. A number of good columns throughout the week. He does the uh, the AP Poll Watchers column every week too, where he looks at the the the, the ballots of AP uh, top twenty five voters and calls out ones that make ridiculous choices, um, which is always a pretty entertaining column too. So I'll uh, give some love to a local guy, Gary Parrish, and I recommend his podcast this week. Uh, I'm going to do a sports podcast as well, Jeff. Um, we did I, not coordinate that no, at all. No, we didn't. Uh, I thought, well, as you started down this road, I thought maybe you were going to steal my thunder. But um, I'm actually going to recommend, I think the whole series is good, but I want to recommend a specific episode that I listened to this week. Um, and that is the 30 for 30 podcasts. Um, they've been doing it since June. Um, and they've done some cool topics. They did one on Dan and Dave from uh, the Olympics. Olympic trials in '92. Um, they've they've done some cool some cool ones. Also, like some that sort of parallel the the TV, you know, the TV thirty for thirties. But then they do also do their own ones. Um, but the one that I listened to was released on December fifth, and that was titled uh, "Madden's Game," um, and it's uh, it's really cool. It's a deep sort of a deep dive into. Uh, John Madden and like the start of the EA Sports Madden franchise and um, 
it's just really, really interesting to hear him talk about it and the developers talk about it and such a, uh, like sort of amazing cultural impact that that game had and like sort of plays it through to where like it is now impacting like how the game is played on the field as opposed to the other way around. So highly recommend the, uh, 30 for 30 men's game episode. Um, were you were you an avid Madden player? Are you still an avid Madden player? I guess. Um, so the answer to that one is no, um, because I don't have time to do anything except record this podcast and <laughs> go to work and take care of my kids. But um, and my wife would maybe argue that I don't have time to actually record this podcast. Um, but no, I don't play video games at all anymore. Like I think the last game I probably played was was FIFA, and that was maybe six months ago and I played it like one night, you know, I mean, I just didn't have, just don't have time for it. Um, but I definitely like through high school, college Madden and probably more like I played college football. We yeah, would do me like, too. a lot of like recruiting and dynasty stuff in college football. Um, also quite a bit of NHL, like multiplayer stuff, like two on two NHL games was a big deal, but, um, I definitely dug Madden. I mean, it was sort of the, uh, the bellwether for that, for that whole genre. But, uh, anyway, check out the podcast after you're done listening to all of ours. Give me Tecmo Super Bowl about when it comes to football video games. But yes, the Madden thing is, it's pretty remarkable. They even referenced it, you know, after the national championship game, somebody tweeted about how, it was pretty cool how Alabama won the national championship running like the 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 play on Madden where all four wide receivers run post routes. Right. <laughs> that was like, yep, that's pretty much what they did. So, uh, but yeah, so we're headed into the another sit and ski episode here. Um, I have never skied myself, Harvey. Have you skied before? I've no, I've never, I've never been to a like ski. I don't even know what a ski resort is like. I've never, never even, you know, I've only seen pictures. Um, so I can't comment on the skiing part. Obviously, Colorado, great place for skiing. Um, I got the sitting down. I got the got sitting the, part down for sure. Yes, definitely the sitting part down. Um, so. I chose selections from four shows, but I chose two selections from one show. And this first little run we're going to do is from um, sort of the middle of the tour, the third night of the Gartens run on, um, in Vail. Um, they were there the 27th, 28th, and 29th of January 1996. I've got a selection from the last night there. And then a couple selections from... One of the shows that they did that was not in a ski resort town, um, that would be the Colorado Springs show on January 31st, 1996, the Juan Reed Gym, uh, which is one of my favorite venues that Panic, I think, has ever played. Juan Reed, I looked him up, was actually, I think, the first football coach and athletic director at Colorado College and is uh, seen as a legend in sort of Colorado athletics. Um, And then, so we'll play those, but we'll start it off with... With a, song, with a song from January 29th, 1996 in Vail, 
Stay.
good time selling in just nice air. You heard three segments from two shows, starting off at Garten's in Vail, Colorado on January 29th, 1996. You heard a stop go. And then the next show, two nights later, at the Juan Reed Gym in Colorado Springs, Colorado on January 31st, 1996. You heard the opening segment, Driving Junior Driving. And then you heard the opener of the second set, Ain't No Use, Tie Your Shoes, and Henry Parsons Died. Um, and it's interesting to note uh, where you pick things up here after the uh, the Aspen show, three nights in Vail, and then this Colorado Springs show, and then two nights in Salt Lake City. Uh, no guest appearances, whereas the first, uh, I guess, what, seven shows in Boulder, uh, Breckenridge, and Aspen, you had tons of, lots of guests, you had lots of, you know, solo segments opening and you had none of that to this middle section. So it's sort of interesting that they sort of went out on their own and just did more straightforward playing. Yeah, one thirty one is very much again, is very is a very ninety six show. Um the twenty ninth has some elements of you know, some Sitinsky elements, um, with ribs and whiskey and early and solace, which I think it shows up for the first time as part of this tour. So um the twenty ninth chose to stop and get, stop go frankly because it's my favorite panic song and it's a really good version of it i wanted to choose the ribs and whiskey um but it's it's the the sonic quality of the ribs yeah, and, it's, of, not, not, it's not, not it's not great yeah. um but in listening to it it's sort of it's the last one that they do until may 17th 2003 so 705 shows they put it on the shelf after putting it on the shelf for 480 shows bringing it back um, that song the first time they played that song was in 1990 mm-hmm. played it twice in 92 and then brought it back for the second night of Boulder uh, for Sitinski on the 19th and then played it 10 nights later and then didn't play it again until 03 and now it is a staple and it was I was thinking about when I was listening to it the other day in my office if you listen to the um, uh, New Year's Eve show from this year they play it and like people are freaking out when the song they're playing the song and singing along and like the whole thing is like how far has that song come <laughs> i mean because I mean, it was always one of those songs that like why don't they play ribs and whiskey yeah. and even the but again the last version on the 29th of or from this show is not that great but they brought it back at the, those indie shows with george and oh three and like that's it's a good version i mean it was exciting to hear it and you know, it's become a staple. So it's yeah. just amazing how these songs can be on the shelf. And then kind of like we brought them back and like they weren't very good. And then, and JB had played it as part of like that Hannah, those Hannah's Buddies shows, right? Yeah, like he well, played he did it, it solo it stuff. Like JB and Friends and, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and Auburn in 94. Yeah. Um, uh, it was always kind of a fun, I always thought it was a fun song, you know. I mean, just yeah. the title itself and the whole Senior Sister Naked part. Yeah, they're things that we can agree with in terms of ribs and whiskey. Uh, yes, we're all on know. the same page there. Yeah. Um, so, and then again, I was I chose a diner from a later show. Otherwise, I would have done the diner and the early from the show too, because that's that's pretty good. And then the encore from is Genesis Porch Song, which is good too. The interesting, just before we move on, the uh, one of the sort of um, the tales from this tour was that the. Uh, the floor and veil like uh, like went up and down like with the crowd 
Like it was literally <laughs> like you could hear the band like comment on it a little bit in the first set of the first show of this run. Mm-hmm. Um, that everybody's kind of moving, like don't get seasick. And then they, in fact, <laughs> I think they play Galleon um, on the twenty seventh in the uh, yeah, like the, the fourth song they play is Galleon, um, which was probably an audible, I would think. Uh, but I always thought that was kind of cool. So yeah. um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so then we move on to Colorado Springs, which again is not a ski town. They're playing on Colorado campus of Colorado College um, in Juan Reed Gym. Uh, and Juan, like I said, was a athletic director, football coach. He also, according to the page on the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame, organized the Colorado State Chess Association and served as its president from 1959 to 1962. So not only did he coach football, he also coached baseball and basketball and then also played chess. So a true renaissance man. Um, but this show... I will admit, this is the show that I think people gloss over a lot from Sit and Ski because it's not a Sit and Ski show. It's right. not, there's no, there's no sitting, there's no skiing. It's the band just letting loose. And it's almost, I think, you can tell it's going to be a night before Driving Song starts because Schools is very active before in the intro to Driving Song. He's playing a lot and it's like, it's, he's got a ton of energy. And they lo- and you can hear it, and then they launch into Junior, and he is all over Junior. Yeah. Um, those three songs, I don't know if, if any of you have been watching Top Chef this season, but Tom Colicchio has been using the phrase blank forward a lot to describe how something tastes. And this is these are very schools forward. This is a very schools forward segment um, with the driving Junior driving. It's great that Junior's, I think, like 10 minutes long. Um the tapes sound great. It's a fun segment. And then the opener to the second set we chose um, with It Ain't No Use. And we had talked about last week how this is a really strong a strong tour for that song. Yeah. Um, it Ain't No Use, Tie Your Shoes, Henry Parsons. And these three, I mean, they just tear these three songs up. I mean, it's they are two great openers. The whole show is really good. Mercy, I mean, the Mercy Nobody's Fault. I... I was listening to this again today and I left the office and I came back and it was in the throes of mercy. And it was like, this, this is really good. So, um, overall it's a good show, but again, I think the thing that stands out is how much, how much schools is in these two segments. Cause he's really, really on it. And, um, I think that's the ain't no use dissolves and just, I mean, it doesn't charge headlong into tie your shoes. Those two songs go really well together. Um, and the tie your shoes kind of builds gradually, but when it goes, it just, it, it, it rips. So it's a, these are good. These are good. This is good stuff. Yeah. Good choice. I dug it. Um, and I want to say that you might be wondering like, Oh, of course, Jeff, you chose openers from sets. I want to say, cause that's what you do for, all the time. Stay for the record. I'm not lazy. I don't just listen to the first few songs of a show and be like, that's pretty good. And then scribble that. <laughs> so I'm taking shortcuts on my homework. I promise you that I'm not. Uh-huh. Do I sometimes occasionally only listen to openers of shows and then be like, meh, and then move on? Right. Yes. Sure. But for these, I did listen to them. And because again, a driving junior driving isn't to me, isn't that exciting, but this one is really good. So uh, I just want to state for the record that I am doing, I am putting in the work. Well, and, and I think, <laughs> I think that I think it's a statement for the sit and ski, generally that the openers of the sets are, are where the juiciest parts are. Yeah. So. Um, 
And there's weird, I mean, again, there's weird, random, fun stuff throughout most of these shows, but it's sort of, this is, I mean, we've, I mean, again, we've talked about, like, these important tours. We've talked about our favorite tours, but we've talked about important tours. We talked um, in episode 41, I guess, um, when we talked at length about Jacko Pierce. Won't you stay on the vineyard for the summer? The, uh, the March... <laughs> the March 95 run in the Midwest. Uh-huh. Uh, that is sort of like a watershed run where they debut four songs. But it's also when you start to see the the the, the show format sort of sort of start to coalesce. Um, I feel like this tour, again, somebody should sit down and do a band history sometime. And I'm sure this would be an p- important part of the interview process with JB and Schools and, and, the, and JoJo and the guys. But... Um, it's, this tour starts off with one thing in mind and it evolves into something else. And what that evolution becomes eventually is what you see in spring of 96. But I do think that there's like the, the running theme through the tour, regardless of whether it's quiet or loud, is is like a like breaking things down to their base and trying to put them back together. Like the mm-hmm. different approaches to songs, different intros, different middle parts, different, you know, applications of jams and and set placement i think all of that together is what sort of sets the stage for spring 96 and then what i would consider is the the most enjoyable year that the of touring the band ever had in 96 and i think that that without sit and ski that the rest of the year probably is not doesn't happen the way it does well I mean, you could argue it's more than just that year. I mean, I think it's yeah, in a lot of ways fair. it's the ba- it's the band. I mean, I think I think you're right. It just sort of they're breaking it down to sort of the elemental, the ele- the elemental portions of these songs, because even if you look at the set list, you know, there's 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 segues listed, and there's not a lot of the segues aren't there mm-hmm. for some of them. Mm-hmm. Like they're just not, um, and there is a lot of starting and stopping. But when the, but it's clear that they're like you said, they're breaking songs down and then building them back up and then fitting the segues in and such as they go. And then again, we get to spring 96 and it is, they, they charge headlong back into it. First show out of the box in North Little Rock. Right. Um, and then we played stuff, you know, from the early part of the tour at Omaha and Columbia and other things too. So it's, it's really, I mean, this is, it's, it, it sounds like hyperbole, but this is, it is hard to, this is a turning point in, in this band's history and it, and it's, in a good one, you know. There's bad turning points too for bands, but but this is a really good one. I mean, if you, there's, and then again they go back out west again in in March and nine March start off out there in March of ninety seven, and you know again I think it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the year, yeah. um, then too. So those, you know, those early year tours I think meant a lot um, for the band. I guess they did them in ninety five, ninety six. I mean, obviously early on too, but the big ones, 95, 96, 97. And then of course they go overseas in 98. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, so the last portion of music for this week, um, pick two more, pick two shows, um, February 3rd, 1996, um, from the Zephyr club in Salt Lake city. So another, I mean, again, there is skiing, I know around Salt Lake city, but we're not in a ski town necessarily. And they did two nights at the Zephyr club. And then from Denver, the Ogden Theater on February 9th, 1996. So let's get it started. Um, the second night of the run at the Zephyr Club with a fourth song of the first set, a well, very welcome version of Junko Partner. 
you heard uh, two selections, uh, the first one being February 3rd, 1996 from the Zephyr Club in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, a, uh, a rousing Junko partner, and then from February 9th, 1996 at the Ogden Theater in Denver, Colorado, you heard uh, a section from the second set, Glory Diner Pilgrim's Solace. So, Jeff, tell us why you chose these songs. Well, I chose... I wa- so, I wanted to... You had talked about last week, you know, first certain sit and ski tapes that you had. I think the first sit and ski tape I had was probably 123 um, from Breckenridge. I think the second one was this show, The Zephyr Club from Salt Lake City. Hmm. Um, and the set list, you know, again, it's it's hard to beat the set list on paper. Glory, Disco, Diner, Blight second set porch pilgrim stop go Lilkin. i mean it's good stuff um but i will say i hate how these how these these shows sound i don't know why i think it's what i i don't like i've all probably heard me say i don't like pure sound boards with the exception of the spring 97s um because those are from obviously a different place than than a lot of them i just the sit and ski soundboard stuff really has never appealed to me i love the audios uh, audience tapes obviously the matrix you did for 122 96 is amazing um so nice work there harvey thanks um but the odds on like 120 and some of the later stuff i much prefer to the soundboard stuff so i just don't like how this this tape sounds so i think honestly the junko is one of the few songs that i was like this sounds okay and jb sounds awesome on it i mean he's super he's engaged jb um but the set, the first set set list is really kind of interesting with Junko followed up by Solace. Solace makes another appearance. The only time that Solace is not up against Pilgrims, um, in the brief number of times that they played it. And then the other part of that is you get another smoke and burn and happy stuck together, which for those of you who you don't get to hear the, uh, we should do a, uh, an edited version of the of the pod sometime where you get to hear our interstitials where we just argued about smoke and burn why it's always attached to happy because um, it's only attached to happy from like na- after 1995 what one time it's not attached to happy I think so mm-hmm. um, which is a weird thing um, so anyway I'm digressing but it was interesting I mean these shows are alright they're not what I would put near the top of the list for the whole tour but I think they're pretty good and then February 9th, um, I did, I really wanted to choose a version of Diner because the, I mean, like we said, the ain't no use, ain't no uses on these, on this tour are really good. The vacations are great, but the diners are diners especially are really strong. Good, yeah. And it's starting, again, starting to see that song progress into what it becomes uh, later. And um, this version of Diner, I think, runs about 16 minutes. It falls into a really nice Pilgrims, followed by a really, or preceded by a really strong glory, too. Um, and then closes out with Salas, which I think is a great way for us to end our sit and ski um, segment. But yeah. this show in Denver, Blackman's back. Um, you know, com- comes back in Jackson Hole, and but he's uh, playing on some pretty strong stuff. Shows up in the first set with Chunk of Coal and at Stony Vacation and Blackout, and then is back for a pretty amazing driving City of Dreams, driving breathing slow, and then Blackman on Low Spark is nice, pretty good. <laughs> so. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, you, the, you, were, you were saying right. that you didn't like the uh, the soundboards from from two two and two three. That there are audience tapes, so you check those out and see if that's what you want to use um, for the for the pod. We can put those out if you like those better than the soundboard. 
I suppose we do have the same sources, and I suppose I could look at the database or the database, the hard drive that sits in my desk at work. Yeah, um, yeah, I suppose I could do that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, these are good shows, and again, I think there's some we didn't. The only shows we didn't touch on for this for Sinski were the Jackson Hole, Jackson uh, Hole, two six and two seven, which is yeah. which are available as a Port Songs release if you didn't yeah. get any official release uh, from Sitsky. So I feel like we did a pretty good job. We we yeah. touched you know all the venues, um, um, and still yeah. there's plenty to you know we'll be able to do this a few more a few more times around. I'd say. Um, yeah, again, and if you have if you have not heard, we didn't play the Jackson Hole stuff, but if you have have not heard those shows, again, Setless Dump 101, um, especially that last night, closes out, you know, the second set, Year Blues, Lowrider, Roberta, Hatfield, Avis, Fishwater, Barstools, Gimme, Conrad, Four Cornered Room, Maggot Brain. Maggot Brain, Happy Child, Ain't Life Grain. <laughs> that makes sense. Sometimes, sometimes, man, this band... Um, and I was wrong. Blackman, if I said Blackman was in Jackson Hole, Jim Blackman was not in Jackson Hole. He comes back to everybody in Denver because, you know. And the ramp um, up, ramps up the, the closing part of the tour. Yeah. So. But again, like this, you know, it's the historical significance of this tour notwithstanding. I mean, the, 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 the band has really embraced what this tour was. The fans clearly did. The playing is incredible. The set lists are great. Um, you can't, it just doesn't get much better. Than this, but the best part about it is that it's not—it's a peak, but it's not the peak of this band. It is a peak on the—it's fitting since they're in the mountains, right? You get in the foothills and you go up a little bit, and maybe you sort of come back down or plateau, but you can always go up a little higher, and um, that's what the band does for sure in the rest of '96 and then on into '97. So this is this this foretells with what widespread panic was about to become. All right. Well, that's a good way to leave it. Um, Jeff, appreciate your time. Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, be sure to subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Tell your friends about us. Um, visit us on the website, bluestape.com, Facebook, and Twitter. And whichever way uh, you'd like to get in touch with us, please do so. We appreciate the feedback. Um, I think this week we will uh, we'll play things out from um, from uh, Henry Bird, also known as Professor Longhair, and uh, we'll listen to a little Junko Partner.
smoke and burn and happy are together well i mean why is help slip and franklin's tower together i mean well but those yes but why smoke and burn and happy are you saying that smoke and burn and happy are akin to help slip franklin's yes (laughs) come on man what have you never thought about that (laughs) oh sorry i i don't maybe i need to go out for an evening walk and uh, I, I mean, can clear my head. Go to the Every Dime Play for Smoke and Burn, and you tell me. I know. You tell I know. me what, what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's by. It's by Happy from nine twenty four ninety five until at the end. It's mm-hmm. only the only time it's not near Happy is one show. Yeah. Why is that? Because. Tell me why. It was, it was help slip. <laughs> I gotta hold your hand through this f- thing. 